Welcome to the AFW College Podcast. We're back with more encouraging content to help you all grow in your relationship with Jesus during your college years. I'm Jordan Ramirez, and we are continuing our series of deep dives into Scripture to uncover the true beauty of the Bible uh, and the true beauty of God's plan for us, which means, once again, I'm sitting across from our resident theologian, youth pastor, Graydon Jones. Graydon, how are you doing this morning, man? It's good, man. Excited to be on a podcast today. I just... <laughs> I feel like this is where it's at in the college ministry. You know, things are going, things are going deep and wide oh, into yeah. uh, into what Jesus is doing. Yep, and that's what we're doing this morning, man. Uh, like I said, we're start- we started this series that we're calling Theology 101 last month as a resource for students who really want to uh, activate that inner thinker and take a deeper dive into the Bible and really a deeper dive into God's heart. Um, and in the first episode. Graydon, you shared with us how looking at Jesus, um, by doing that, we can really see the full character of God and how uh, we must view Scripture through the lens of Jesus in order to understand it most accurately. Uh, And now today, Graydon, you're going to be walking us through a teaching that you've titled The Story of God in Scripture. Uh, Why don't you just tell us what what you mean by that uh, and also why it's so important to talk about? Yeah, yeah. I, this is an ambitious uh, episode, so just everybody, <laughs> if you're listening, just make sure that you have your seatbelt uh, securely fastened, oh, yeah. because you know we're talking about the story of God in Scripture, and here's what I mean by that. I, I want to go through the entire Bible and really try to trace how the story makes sense from cover to cover, right? Because a lot of times what we do is we engage with parts of scripture uh, and we think, yeah, yeah, I know the Bible or, you know, I, you know, that's, that's biblical and that's not biblical. But sometimes we kind of wake up and realize that like, we really haven't read very much of the scripture yeah. because it's so big, it's so expansive. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, it's quite complicated, right? Mm-hmm. So, so my passion for this kind of came out of a frustration that I had actually with, with some of the simplistic ways that we often talk about the Bible, you know, and, and so in different conversations growing up or in school or even in college, I, these certain people would, would talk about the Bible like, like it was a handbook mm-hmm. or a playbook for life. You right. know, that was kind of, uh, that was kind of a favorite for like with guys, you know, it's like, Oh, it's like your playbook you know, because <laughs> you're into sports. Um, or my least favorite one is this basic instructions before leaving earth, oh, you know, yeah. B I B L E if you've ever heard that one. So <laughs> fantastic. Uh, yeah. So I just think, listen, a handbook is supposed to be as clear as possible, right? To the point mm-hmm. that you can look at the table of contents, you know, exactly the page where you need to go. You go to that page, read it. And all your questions are answered. Mm-hmm. The Bible is so not like that, yeah. right? It's mm-hmm. it's so complex. It's ancient. It's confusing. It's divinely inspired. Okay, I've mm-hmm. never had a handbook that's divinely inspired. Not and, once. And, and yeah. so, you know, and then we have the gospel. You know, this this phrase that oftentimes we kind of, it gets boxed in and mm-hmm. and shrunk down to you know Jesus died for your sins, rose again, so say a prayer and go to heaven when you die. It's not that that's not true like that. It's not false, but it's just really narrow, right? So when you consider the big and in the whole story of scripture, I think you get a richer, richer sense of what the gospel story actually is. Mm -hmm. Right. And an example would be like if you were watching a football game, uh, but the camera was zoomed in on just the scoreboard, (laughs) right? Like you would be seeing arguably the most important facts about the game. Like you would at a certain level understand what's going on in the game. Except you couldn't honestly say that you were watching the game yeah. because you weren't seeing how that all happened, right? You wouldn't mm-hmm. know the why and the how behind the score. Um, and so narrowing in on gospel facts 
it misses out on some of the beautiful and important parts of God's story. So we're going to try and kind of trace Genesis to Revelation uh, and try and see how this whole story makes sense in Scripture. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, like you said, ambitious. Genesis to Revelation. So, hey, if you're listening and there's something in here that sparks your interest, you want to go deeper into that, or something that brings up questions in you, just want to free you. In future episodes, we're going to get deeper into some of these things that we feels like we might just be flying by now. Uh, and also, you probably probably have a Bible in your most likely in your dorm room somewhere in your house. So answers are in there too. Go go check it out for yourself because it's so yeah. so important. Um, and also this this book has been around long enough that I feel like we're we're probably free to give away some of the spoilers. Um, <laughs> yeah, so do we, do we need a spoiler alert? Yeah, that? somewhere that's all throughout here. Okay, so if you if you're really just looking forward to getting to the end because you just don't know how it ends, um, I'm sorry, uh, but we're gonna spoil a little bit. Yeah, so, we're we're gonna steal your anticipation here. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, Graydon, uh, let's jump in. Where does this story of God start? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's jump in. Actually, before. Genesis. So I said it was Genesis Revelation. We're going to start before Genesis. <laughs> nice. uh, because I don't know if you know this, but God was there before the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. So Genesis 1-1 is kind of the beginning of our history, but but God 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 is eternal, right? So mm-hmm. there was always God. And and so when we tell the story, when we start in Genesis 1-1, we kind of make the story about us, right? But this story starts with God. So we've mm-hmm. got to start with the Trinitarian God of love revealed in Jesus, which is kind of what we talked about last time. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have to have that in mind that, that father, son, Holy spirit, eternally in loving relationship. That's where the story of God really starts. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then, then he does create, right? So then God does create and the story moves into that, which is wonderful and beautiful and a mystery and, and (laughs) just absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, And so God creates the universe in all of its complexity and it demonstrates a creative God, a God who cares, a God who didn't have to create, but he wanted to create. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as he creates humanity, then he creates us as image bearers. Um, we're like reflections of God, little images of the Trinity who create a fuller picture of God when we're together. So this is where, this is where the story starts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's extremely important that we really get that, that, that all of humanity is created in God's image and that we were created for a purpose. Like we're really trying to do right. something here, yeah. uh, which is to reflect God's character and make of this world, uh, what looks like God. Mm-hmm. But then of course, uh, the story does take a turn for the worse, right? For yeah. kind of famously Genesis three, uh, mm-hmm. humanity sins and sin comes like a virus that infects all of God's good creation. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we've all thought about viruses quite a bit in the past year and, and <laughs> the ultimate virus, right. Is sin, yep. uh, because it leaves nothing untouched. Um, and this is, this is an important part of the story because it's the problem, right? Yeah. Nobody likes a story. That's just all good news all the time. You know, we wouldn't go see that movie. Right. Uh, it, it, problem is an important part of the story. And sin is such a problem. It's so bad that it actually God has to create this grand rescue mission uh, that kind of culminates in Jesus dying on the cross. Yeah. And so then the question is, well, why? Like, why is it that bad? Right? Like, why is sin that bad? And in, you know, 2021, I think a lot of us try to minimize sin. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who are kind of like, let's de-emphasize sin. Um, but then the story doesn't make sense. Right. If we de-emphasize sin, the story doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so the question, the better question is just what is sin and why is it so, why is it so bad? And here's how I would explain it in a really simple way. 
I kind of look at sin as kind of two different ways, lowercase sin and uppercase sin. Okay. So stick me, stick with me here. Mm -hmm. So lowercase sin is kind of like just individual sinful actions. Like, like I lied at two thirty PM on Tuesday afternoon. Mm -hmm. Like that was an action that I made. Uh, and, and that was lowercase sin. And that needs to be dealt with, right? And mm -hmm. oftentimes it's dealt with through repentance and forgiveness, right? Yeah. So I sinned against Jordan and, mm -hmm. and he forgave me and I repented. And, and yeah. that's kind of settled, right? Yeah. Um, we don't bring it back up, right? It's, it's done. Mm -hmm. But really, we have a much bigger problem than just lowercase sin. Um, our real problem is uppercase sin, yeah. uh, which is kind of like the overarching power of sin that enslaves humanity, mm -hmm. right? Um, so uppercase sin happens when we take our God-given nature and we just ha start handing it over to idols that yeah. enslave us, right? We start taking what we were made to do and we just pervert it. And that's uppercase sin. Yeah. Like that's a power that we cannot deal with on our own. It's not yeah. as simple as just forgiveness and repentance between me and Jordan. Mm -hmm. God has to do something in order to set us free. And that's ultimately why Jesus had to die on the cross. This mm -hmm. was a rescue mission for our very nature. Um, yeah. because when we sin, we are actually put under the power of uppercase sin. Um, and there's a natural consequence to that, which is right. death, mm -hmm. right? So we're on the conveyor belt, just headed towards death now, yeah. uh, because of uppercase sin. Uh, you could kind of think about it as like a natural consequence. Um, you know, like think about it this way. If, if a kid got in trouble, um, say they cheated at school or something and their mm -hmm. parent is trying to deal with that. Um, and they ground them from their phone. Uh, it could be a good punishment there to understand there's consequences yeah. when we do bad things, mm -hmm. but the phone has nothing to do with the actual sin, like the lowercase sin, the thing that that person did. Right. Well, think about it this way. If you were driving a car around uh, an, on an icy road around a corner at 80 miles per hour, mm -hmm. your car would flip. Right. It's just a natural consequence of what you, what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like sin and death. Like, there's really no way around it. It's just the natural thing that's going to happen when you sin, you head towards death. Yeah. Right. It's not that God had to come in and like create a punishment for us so that we can understand there was like, no, this is just reality now. Yeah. We're going to die. Mm -hmm. This, this is what's happening. Yeah. Um, and so after we get through, you know, just the first three chapters of Genesis, yeah. we're kind of asking the questions, what is God going to do? Like what's going to happen yeah. to humanity? And the first 11 chapters of Genesis you see a lot of messed up stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. you start seeing murder and violence and horrible, absolutely horrible sin going on. Mm -hmm. And like, God needs to do something here to mm -hmm. save us. Um, and that's where we kind of get into the, the, the actual story of like Israel in the, in the old Testament, because we get to Genesis 12 and we get Abraham, right. Mm -hmm. Who becomes a very famous kind of the father of Israel, mm -hmm. um, his name, even meaning the father of many nations and God gives him a promise. So this is, this is important for the story. God, how's God going to solve this, this sin problem? He's going to solve it through faithful promises. He's going to solve it through working through a people. Mm -hmm. So he shows up to Abraham, who at the time was named Abram. He makes a promise. He, he makes a covenant. He says, I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you. And you will be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. Okay. Mm -hmm. And God is going to be faithful to that promise forever. And it's through Abraham that God creates Israel. He creates a people. So his solution mm -hmm. is actually kind of messy because his solution is a people. Yeah. Um, and they're on God's rescue mission with him that there are people chosen to be blessed so that they can bless. 
yeah. that kind of teaches us again that God's really relational, right? Yeah. He chose to work this plan through a people. Um, yeah. But it turns out that those people were, they were supposed to be the cure for humanity's virus, but it turns out that they were infected by the very same virus yeah. of sin, right? So we yeah. see tons of brokenness in the history of Israel, even though they're God's chosen people, right? Right. Yeah, man. And that's, man, that, that moment of suspense, right, after Genesis 3 that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Wow, look at this this big uppercase sin problem that humanity uh, has taken to and chosen over God. And you, you do, truly are sitting there thinking, why would God even come up with a plan? You know, why would he even, why would he even look for a way to redeem these people that have yeah. so obviously chosen just to disobey him and, and, and do the opposite of what he says all the time? But not only does he come up with a plan, you also see that he does it, like you're saying, through people. And that's, yeah. um, and that's insane to think that God could have done things in any other way. But you see in this first covenant that he makes with Abraham that he's still going to be faithful to people. Yes. That he's never yeah. going to do anything um, devoid of the people that he loves, the people that he created. They're still his number one priority, uh, and he's not even going to uh, leave them out of what he wants to do, of, yeah. of their own redemption. He's not going to leave them out, but he's going to invite them in, and he's going to be there with them, and he's going to use them in awesome ways. Yes, yeah, it's so good, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it, again, it, it really teaches us about God's character that this is the story of God it's not the story of us it's the story of God Mm -hmm. and we learn that he is the relational God of love who's faithful to his promises right Um, and even in Abraham like Abraham's still going to sin there's still oh yeah man going on being sinful and he has a covenant with him and chooses Israel and they still sin but you see him renewing these things over and over again right even after Abraham and moving on to Moses, like you'll talk about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, let's get let's get into Moses and let's get into the Exodus because this is really an important part of the story. So, you know, we go through Genesis and Abraham's family; he keeps having sons, and and we get all the way down to Joseph, and he's in Egypt, mm-hmm. and um, and like you said, it's it's pretty messy. There's a lot of messed up stuff that happens, mm-hmm. and yet God is faithful. Um, but how that story ends in Genesis is that. You know, Israel is in the Hebrews, they're in Egypt and a new Pharaoh comes up who does not know the relationship with Joseph. And so he enslaves them mm-hmm. uh, and they're crying out to God saying, God, save us. And and God hears them because he's faithful to his promises. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, all throughout the Old Testament, actually, God is described as the one who brought you out of Egypt. This is this is an important part of the story foreshadowing what God's all about, which is liberating yeah. us not just from slavery in Egypt, but from, from sin and death itself. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we, we, we see God set them three, set them free from Egypt through Moses's leadership and through God acting in human history. Um, and then he's, he's trying to bring them into the promised land. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're wandering around in the desert. And again, God is not just trying to rescue them, but he's trying to create a people uh, that he would be their God. Uh, and so the way that he does that is he gives the Mosaic covenant. So we had the Abraham covenant, but now we have the Mosaic covenant with mm-hmm. Moses at Mount Sinai and God gives them a law. Now, the question for us, uh, you know, on our side of this thing is why did God give the law? Like, what was mm-hmm. the law all about? Because we don't live under the law. So sometimes I think we have like a really simplistic view of the law and we kind of just assume, okay, well, a law, that must mean that it was God's ideal 
for humanity. And, you know, we would still follow it today if we could, but it's too perfect for us. Um, and so that's why we don't. Mm-hmm. Well, yes and no. Right. There's a little bit of yes, a little bit of no. Be- yes, because, you know, Jesus teaches that the foundation of the law was to love God and love your neighbor. Right. Right. That's how he sums it all up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's it's a yes. Absolutely. That's God's ideal is love God, love your neighbor. And there's some really good things in the law, like like worshiping God, like Jubilee, like yep. hospitality, caring Great. for the poor, uh, being a, a people, a community uh, after God's own heart. Mm-hmm. But there's a big no to this question about whether the law was God's ideal because it was also within a real human culture with real human brokenness Mm -hmm. because of uppercase sin, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so there are some things in the law that were not God's ideal that they were actually just trying to soften the blow of sin, like like to to make sure the destruction didn't get any worse. Mm -hmm. Um, And so some examples of that would be like slavery, Divorce, mm-hmm. polygamy, killing people, right. ethnic segregation, sacrificial system. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of things in the law that that we're thinking, I would never do that. Yeah. Like, right? <laughs> I would never want to live in that country. Right. Um, and yeah. and this is actually how you know Paul talks about the law in, mm-hmm. in Galatians. He says it was a temporary right. guardian, like over a child, but now we've grown up because of Jesus, so we don't need this guardian anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Romans 7 says that the law was actually supposed to draw sin out of us rather than make us be perfect. Um, And so a better way to refer to the law is really that God was using the law to mark out his people. Mm -hmm. Okay, God gave the law so that Israel would be different than every other people on planet Earth Mm -hmm. to kind of demonstrate that relationship with God, not because they were perfect, not because this was God's ideal in every way, mm-hmm. but he needed to create a people that would then be part of the rescue plan to redeem all of humanity. Yeah, and good. so through the law, Israel really is different. Now, of course, they don't follow the law perfectly, and they actually end up being like everybody else. And that's right. where we kind of get into the next phase of the story, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. when Israel kind of becomes a kingdom, mm-hmm. uh, and you have King David and King David is amazing in so many ways. We can learn right. so many things from him, mm-hmm. but he is also super messed up. I super mean, messed up. Yeah, he's he's an yeah. example of how like we can really love God and still be absolutely devastating in our sinful actions. Yeah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so, what happens when David keeps messing up and and he's 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 murdering people, he's committing adultery, he's mm-hmm. abusing his authority? What you know? What's God? What's God to do? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, God continues to work the plan, uh, and and Israel is God's people even in their brokenness. And yeah. God, what does He do? He again gives a promise and a yeah. covenant. So, <laughs> so when we're faithless. God is faithful. Yeah. That's the story of, of the Bible. When yeah. we are faithless, God is faithful. And he re-ups just constantly. He's yes. like, yeah, I'm still here. Here's a new promise. I'm yes. gonna, I'm even going to make a new promise with you, even though you continue to act like a fool. Yeah, it's <laughs> such good news for us, right? Mm-hmm. Like, And so with David, God gives the Davidic covenant in 2 Samuel 7. And he tells David, listen, one of your descendants is going to be on the throne forever which is a pretty radical promise, right? right? Like, right. I'd like, you know, I'd like that. I'd like that promise. You know what I mean? Like that, that's like, that's kind of encouraging, you know, like yeah. my family line, you know, if Natalie, eternal, we're on the, on the throne forever. I'm like, let's do this. Thing, right? <laughs> um, and so, and so what is this promise about? Well, it's pointing to Jesus, right? The Messiah who would come through David's line and be the eternal king um, forever on the throne. That's what he's talking about there. Um, and if you, 
you know, remember in the New Testament when it begins, there's some genealogies there, and we're like, man, that's like, what's what's this all about? Right. Well, it, this is what it's trying to show is that Jesus came through the line of David, mm-hmm. so he is the eternal King that came through David's line. He's right. the fulfillment of of the promise here. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, well, he keeps, he, you know, David keeps messing up, Israel keeps messing up. They have more kings that are, you know, not following the Lord, and so that's when we kind of get into the prophets uh, in the Bible and, Mm -hmm. and the prophets are they're you know, notoriously hard to read, hard to understand, but there's so much here. There's so many riches in the prophets because you're seeing centuries of prophets, you know, basically be like a conduit for God's word and and God speaking to Israel and calling them back, calling them back to within the promises that he had given and also sharing what the consequences are going to be if they don't. Mm -hmm. Right. Again, natural consequences. Like it does. It's not that God has to say like, Oh, like I need to discipline my kid. And so I have to come up with some sort of punishment. Like, no, this is just naturally what's coming your way. If you continue to live in sin, yeah. Um, and so they're confronting sin. They're talking about justice or they're, they're warning Israel of the coming exile. And, and they're absolutely wonderful. I really encourage people to dig into yep. the prophets because mm-hmm. uh, there's so much to me there. And, and then, of course, there's messianic prophecies. I mean, you know, prophecies that are literally what Jesus is coming to do and mm-hmm. coming to be. And so, so it's really it's really amazing. Yeah. But of course, they don't they don't listen. And so. And so we have exile and, and Northern Israel is destroyed by Assyria. And then Judah is destroyed by Babylon, including the temple, like the actual place that they Mm -hmm. believed God was living. They destroyed it. And God's people are now in exile. And just think about how devastating that would be, right? Mm -hmm. Like violence and terror, destroyed temple, destroyed homes, destroyed families. Um, And, and they're just kind of sitting there asking, but I thought that, I thought that David's, you know, descendants were going to be on the throne forever. I mean, this really feels like, did God give up on us? Right? Right. Like what happened to these promises? Mm -hmm. What happened to the Abraham promise? What happened to the law? What happened to David's promise? Mm -hmm. Um, And so what's going to happen next? And we go into this, this, these hundreds of years of silence where Mm -hmm. the prophets are not speaking anymore and people are scattered. The Jews are scattered all over And it's really like this big kind of cliffhanger between the Old Testament and the New Testament asking the question, what in the world is God doing? Right. And that kind of sets the stage a little bit for for the New Testament. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And okay, so we're about uh, about 20 minutes in. There's the Old Testament. There it is. Old Testament, 20 minutes. We did it. Uh, And you think, yeah, you can just imagine Israel having God in their midst, you know, the ark, the temple, God's presence among his people, and then that being taken away and remembering those covenants, right? Remembering that God, yeah. God, you started this rescue plan. You you said, you said you had a plan. You said you were doing something special in this, in this people that you set apart. Where is this? Yeah. Where is this? Even the prophets, the prophets were telling us all about these things. Uh, was all that fake was all were we making all that stuff up yeah uh and that's where they're at right as we turn from old testament to new testament and and god uh resumes his awesome rescue plan for humanity in jesus yeah uh take us take us into this new this new age that we now live in yeah yeah so you know when the when the new testament starts we're thinking about a people who are desperate for hope you know they're desperate for god to save them for god to move mm-hmm. um and and i think we should 
you know, we should remember that as we open up the scriptures that we're, we're coming into a story that's already been going for a long, long time. Right. And, and people are de- they're looking around and, and people ask the question sometimes, why did Jesus come when he did? And, and we don't know the answer. There's lots of different theories. We don't know mm-hmm. the answer, but we do know this, that the Jews were longing for hope. They were looking for God. Yeah. They were looking for this Messiah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why the life of Jesus is so important. And we really should camp out in the gospels because it's so important, but we do, you right. know, we need the whole story. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the thing that often happens is that we shorten Jesus's life down to, he died for our sins and rose again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yes, this is the center of the story, but mm-hmm. there's so much more in every part of Jesus's life kind of fulfills the story in different ways. And, and so this is what I want to highlight. There's so many things we could say about Jesus, yeah. but I want to highlight the different aspects of his life and, and kind of connect the dots on how they fulfill the whole story. Mm-hmm. So you start with the incarnation, you know, this radical news that the eternal son emptied himself and entered humanity in the lowest possible way. Like he right. came as a baby yep. mm-hmm. in a poor family, in a small town and an oppressed people. <laughs> yeah unbelievable right Mm -hmm. but this this really fulfills the human relationship with god at the most foundational level Mm. that god really is committed to humanity that we are created in his image right this is this is a fulfillment of the story Mm -hmm. and then you you talk about jesus life right like he lived 30 years in total obscurity yeah that's kind of crazy why did he do that why i think one reason is he was validating our existence like (laughs) humans matter you know, even yeah. the 99.9% that you'll never, ever know, right. you know, people who are going to live and die and you and I will never know them. Jesus, he, his li- his very life validates their existence and their value. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. then in his ministry, he starts announcing and inaugurating the kingdom of God. And he's really modeling what the spirit filled life looks like complete dependence on God. Totally. Um, and so he's kind of showing us what being human was supposed to be. And this is fulfilling Genesis one, the divine mandate, right? That, that we would be image bearers who would steward the earth, right? He's kind of fulfilling this promise that God made so long ago, just in his creation of humanity. Yeah. And then, you know, we do get to his death. And of course, the events of, of Easter weekend, it's the mm-hmm. greatest turn in human history, right? right. There's yeah. literally nothing else that changes mm-hmm. the world like this. Um, and it led to a new exodus. So this time we are not set free from uh, evil Pharaoh. We're set free from sin and death itself. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus's death really fulfills the Mosaic covenant. He fulfills the law uh, in this moment. So there's there's kind of the big promise that's fulfilled there. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, he doesn't stay dead, right? <laughs> he resurrects. Yeah. And this is the validation that Jesus was the Messiah, mm-hmm. that there was forgiveness of sins, uppercase sins, and that new creation then is being launched uh, in this rescue. And so this is the fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant because yeah. he has blessed us so that therefore now we can bless all nations. Yep. We can preach the gospel to all nations, uh-huh. right? And then lastly, we have the ascension. This is the one that people don't always talk about because it's like, no, it's just about resurrection. Well, it's also about ascension. The proof here is that Jesus really is the king. So when he ascends, he ascends to the right hand of God forever. Mm -hmm. And this is the fulfillment of the Davidic covenant, right? Telling David that your descendant will be on the throne forever. And Jesus's ascension, he's fulfilling this promise. And so every part of Jesus's story is really directly fulfilling part of God's story in scripture. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. 
But then the good news is that it doesn't stop there. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we come into the church, right? We're actually a part of this story. This is really cool. And, yeah. and mm-hmm. we read the, the book of Acts and we see the early church start to live out all these different things that God has been preparing for them all along the way, mm-hmm. right? And they in the sermons in Acts, they start calling back to the Old Testament because they didn't have the New Testament, right? right? <laughs> like they were living the New Testament. They were writing, yeah. They yeah, were doing exactly. Uh-huh. And so they're calling back to this full story and basically saying it's all about Jesus. And now we're going to live that out. And that story is going to come like through conduits, through our lives and out into the world yeah. because we live in the now and the not yet, right? right. The, the kingdom is now, and yet it's also not fulfilled yet. And mm-hmm. so it's not yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we then continue this work as new creations, mm-hmm. ambassadors of heaven, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're like little temples because the Holy Spirit actually indwells uh, us, right? right. Um, and so being the church is our identity and we participate in the story of God as we make things right in the world and as we share the gospel and as we live Jesus out in our everyday life. Yeah. And then, of course, we come to the end of the story, right? Mm-hmm. We come to what what Paul refers to throughout his letters and what Revelation is about. We come to the end of the story, and it's not just going to heaven when you die. It's yeah. not floating away in the clouds in a really super uber spiritual sense, right? Yeah. Um, Revelation 21 and 22 really paint a picture of new heavens and new earth that, that, you know, think about heaven as God's space, uh, and think of earth as humans space, the space Mm -hmm. that we occupy, the space that God occupies. Well, now it's fully one. Yeah. You know, the new heavens and new new earth is basically saying that God's space and human space are now fully unified. Right. Finally. Wow. This is exactly Mm -hmm. what we've been looking for in the whole story. Right. Exactly. The rescue is complete. Uh, The beautiful uh, picture of of creation and God being with with Adam and Eve and and fullness and unity. That's now completely rescued uh, in the end of the story. And so finally, the earth is covered uh, what Habakkuk says in the prophets, it's covered with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. Yeah. If you think about that picture, uh, you know, waters covering the sea, the sea is water, right? And I think that's what he's yeah. talking about is completely one, completely unified and permeated. That's where we're headed. Yeah. Is, is God and humanity completely together in fullness. And that is the grand conclusion to this full story from Genesis to Revelation that we actually get to be a part of. And it's absolutely wonderful. It's awesome, man. Yeah, that's so good. I was I was reading today, I think it was Hebrews 10, where it says, like, Jesus, uh, Jesus came once and for all for sin, but he's coming again for salvation. He's coming yes. again and bringing salvation. Total, the end of it, the rescue plan, absolutely complete. Amen. And that's the hope that we're looking forward to, right? Uh, and just as we talk about all this stuff, man, I know, like you're saying, a lot of us know the Gospels through and through, uh, and it's, man, so incredible. Like, it, yeah. we have to. We have to. Yeah. Jesus' words are in there. And those, those cannot be overvalued. Like, we have to cling to those. We should never stray from Jesus' words, his own words. Yeah. And it's the climax of the story as far as it's been written. So we got to know those things, right? But when you think about it, sometimes that's even like, like you're saying, we know like Easter weekend and we stop at Easter weekend. Mm-hmm. So it's like three days, maybe four days. Um, or uh, we know that whole week, the Holy Week, or yeah. we know his three years of ministry or uh, maybe know the 33 years of his life. Right. Yeah. But like 
that's truly, that's 33 years of a story that God's been writing for thousands yeah. of years, right? Why would we narrow it down to that? Uh, and it's yeah. not like we're saying there's more than Jesus, because like we talked about last week, it's the whole Bible. You yes. know, it's the whole Bible uh, that is all pointing to Jesus. Yeah, that's right. You know, from Abraham, Moses, David, prophets, it's all pointing to him. And we need to widen our scope so we can get that full picture. And as we do, we just get a deeper love and appreci- appreciation for what Jesus did on the cross and yeah. uh, how he's just always been there. He's always been loving us and he's he's always been dedicated to us, how God always has been faithful to people. Yeah. Uh, and there we also just gain a deeper understanding of who God is, right? And uh, because we see, you know, the original intent of creation and then we see his faithfulness to, to people yeah. all throughout history, we see the mission that he's entrusted to us, like to us as the church yeah. uh, and still that hope that is to come. Just see how it's the entire, it's what the whole world is about. It's what all of history is about. Yeah. And that's also where, yeah, where we gain that life for us, where we're uh, walking out in mission as characters in this story that God is still writing. Yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 and two, there's just an invitation here to really engage with Scripture. And and I know it's hard, it's hard to get into it, and it yeah. can be confusing, but that's why we do it together. Right. Right, that's why we read it together in mm-hmm. community, and we... And we learn from those who have gone before us. And right. because when you dig into this, I mean, we've just given a very simple outline that kind of ties the story together. Totally. But when you start jumping into scripture and you start looking for Jesus all throughout the scriptures, you start to see things that you've never seen before. And, yeah. and there's so many more people that God worked through all throughout the story. I mean, think about people like Ruth mm-hmm. uh, and Esther, right? Yeah. And connected to the story really in an important way. And you start to think about all the prophets that we don't talk about, right? Like, yeah. like Zephaniah and Obadiah and Habakkuk, right? Like yeah. they had a part to play in this mm-hmm. and in the gospels and, and in acts, right? These people that they might only get one story. They might only get one paragraph and some of them are not even named. Yeah. And yet they're, they're connected to this beautiful story that's, that was going before them and will go after them. Mm-hmm. And then you and I are invited to be those type of people, right? Yeah. You and I, we might just get one line unnamed in the story of God. <laughs> right. But if we're connected to the story of God, then that's fulfilling our purpose. Yeah. Come on, man. Awesome. That's that's what turns out life. Turns your life into something something more is when you live into that story that God's writing. Amen. Uh, man, thank you, Graydon. So helpful. Hey, and here's another invitation to all you listeners out there. If you have any questions, uh, we would love to respond to those. So anything that's stirring up in you, anything you want more uh, information about, please feel free to uh, email your questions to jordan at antiochfortworth.com. Again, it's jordan at antiochfortworth.com. Any questions that I will be able to answer, I would uh, love to respond to you. And then the ones that are above my pay grade will go straight to (laughs) graden at antiochfortworth.com, which will be more, more, uh, more likely than not that they go to him. But send us those questions. We w- yeah. we'd love to respond to you and uh, talk to you and help you uh, just make sense of the story that God is writing uh, throughout history and in your life as well. Uh, so thank you guys, all you, everyone who's listened to this, uh, whose cogs are turning right now because of this uh, fast-paced podcast episode. Uh, we're going to continue to be doing this. We have another episode planned with Graydon where we're going to be talking about the cross atonement why it's all necessary, why God can't just 
forgive us himself why he has to send his son to die on a cross pretty important conversation yeah. to have i would I'd think say, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so come back keep listening uh we're going to be bringing you guys uh just more teachings just like this one but until then this has been the afw college podcast uh love being able to talk to you guys we'll see y'all next time <laughs>